Unfolding the eternal excellences, the hidden insights of the truth and the depth of the riches of wisdom and knowledge. The Bible says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have not pointed to your weaknesses. He says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have pointed to your strength. And this is your strength, that I am Christ in you, the hope of glory. The glory of freedom, the glimpses into eternity. The gospel is not supposed to be an assumption. It's not supposed to be just a mere presupposition. Truth is older than language, but the word of God is way deeper than any human language. And now, Apostle Grace with the word. I thank God for salvation. Firstly, that you and I, the majority of people watching or sitting here listening, are born again. Paul says we are persuaded of greater things that accompany our salvation. We are convinced of better things that accompany salvation. If you please begin from the verses 8, Hebrews 6. He says, That which beareth thorns and barriers is rejected and nigh unto casting, whose end is to be burned. Oh, no, that's a long one. I might not be able to interpret that in this time. But verses 9, But beloved, but beloved, we are persuaded of better things and things that accompany salvation, though thus we speak. Verses 10, he says, For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which you have showed towards his name, in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. In fact, what I was looking for most emphasis to give was verses 9 and 10, because you need to join these two verses. We are persuaded of better things of you, things that accompany our salvation. Amplified version. He says, but beloved, even though we speak this way, yet in your case, beloved, in your case, beloved. That's why in KJV there was a but, okay? There was a, a judgment earlier. But when it comes to the case of the saints, we don't have time to explain that. But when it comes to the case of the saints, he says, yet in your case, beloved, we are firmly convinced of better things that are near to salvation and accompany. That means when you become born again, there are things I am persuaded. We are persuaded must pursue you. For God is not unrighteous, verses 10. He is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which you have showed towards his name in that you have ministered to the saints and the minister. There are things that just have to accompany you because you are born again. And Paul says, we don't pray for those things. We are persuaded. We are persuaded. There are things that accompany our salvation. There are things that many of you are doing as labors of love. And God says, it would take my unrighteousness to forget you. Some people say, oh, you know, salvation, me, I'm born again, have not seen things change. I... I don't know this thing. I even doubt whether God exists. Ah. You don't know him yet. I want to tell somebody here. Don't draw back. Keep doing what you're supposed to be doing. There are things that follow salvation. And these things, Paul says, we what? We speak. Today is one of those things. Did you get it? In meditation and in truth. Today, what I want to share is one of those things that accompany salvation. 
When Paul says these are the things we speak, I want to speak of those things that accompany salvation. When you say, I received the Lordship of Jesus Christ. You see, salvation does not begin when a man believes that Jesus is their Savior. Jesus is a Savior for the world and for all believers. But that doesn't make a man born again. I want you to know that. So not everybody who says, Jesus is my Savior, they're born again. It's important for the man to confess the Lordship. Romans 10, 9. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, it's important to confess his Lordship, to know that he died for your sins. Bible says he's the propitiation of our sins. That means he's our Savior. Not only for us, says, but also for the sins of the whole world. Jesus is the Savior for the whole world, whether you believe him or you don't. Or people who don't believe in the Lordship of Jesus, but he's their Savior. That doesn't change it. Are you following what I'm saying? People who believe that Jesus saved them, but they don't believe or have not received him as their Lord. That thing called Lord is powerful. You must receive, confess the Lordship of Jesus. To say that I know you died for my sins, but you are also from today Lord over my life. It's a spirit of Lordship. That is why when we're leading people in confession, or if you're leading people in confession on the streets or wherever you meet them, make sure they confess him as Savior and Lord. When you hear me, uh, you know, lead people here, or some people say, people have believed already. Why do you call them out? Why must you make them confess these things? And some people have funny doctrines around that. This is why we must make sure that they understand what it means to receive his Lordship. Are you following what I'm saying? Savior and Lordship. Back to what I want to give us today. We enter salvation. We get born again. And then receive the person of the Holy Spirit. Some of us transition through a higher sanctification, which is the baptism of the Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Some of you, you're born again. You have not yet received that blessing. And if you'll allow me this evening, I'm going to pray for you and your mouth is going to speak. Praise the Lord. You're given tongues of utterance. And then the Holy Spirit becomes your teacher. Primal ministry. Primary ministry of the Holy Spirit. John 14, 26. He says, but the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall what? Teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said to you. His ministry is not just to teach you about God, but there are things you will learn along the way, and those things might leave your mind for unavoidable reasons. Or they might sink somewhere in your spirit, but have not yet needed the use or application. And that's the separation of Logos and Rema. Logos is the written word of God. Okay? These scriptures that we read, they are Logos. What is Rema? Rema is that now word. The word that comes out of your spirit to fit the circumstance or the situation that, you know, you need to fix. That's what they call Rema. That is why it's important for a Christian to know the word. To memorize scriptures. 
If you talk about health, how many scriptures do you know? If you talk about wealth, how many scriptures do you know? If you talk about wisdom, how many scriptures do you know? If you talk about family and your children, how many scriptures do you know? If you talk about marriage, how many scriptures do you know? If you talk about career, dreams, aspirations, how many scriptures do you know? You keep them in the inside of your spirit. And then one day, Rema does its part. Pain comes in your stomach and something comes out and you say, I refuse to be sick. Because Isaiah tells us he bore my sicknesses and carried my pains. That is powerful. That's Rema. It's not something you needed to go, now, healing scriptures, you know, there are people who are, I always call them damage control Christians. Yeah? They're not consistent in the things of the spirit. They wait until trouble comes and then they start going, okay, scriptures of uh, paying debt. Then they Google, scriptures of paying debt. And then they get them, Father, you said, that's not Rema. Because it's not coming out of the logos within. Jesus in you is the word. He comes in the person of the word. Do you agree? God says in the beginning was the word, right? Later on he says, and he dwelt among men. Through the person of who? Jesus Christ. At his ascension now, the mystery has changed. Now it's him in us. It's a mystery that was hid from the ages past and now revealed Christ in us. The hope of what? Glory. So yes, you receive the person of the Holy Spirit. He starts to teach you. He teaches you how to pray. He teaches you to forgive. He teaches you to love. He teaches you to give. He teaches you to sacrifice. He teaches you to serve. He teaches you all these wonderful things. And then you start walking and walking and walking and walking this life. But there's no guarantee that everything is going to be as you think it will be along the way. Sometimes, and this I say because experience has taught all of us, if you've either examined your life or examined another person, some of those least expected events come in life. Bible calls it an evil day. An evil day. I've shared about it. Or certain things fail to translate, fail to manifest, even though you've believed God for those things for so many years or prayed about them and some things have not changed as they ought to. A life of salvation, and I always tell people, is always going to be a life of trial and tests. The only question is, when those tests come, not if, when those tests come, I repeat, not if, when the floods come, not if, when the waters come, when the fire comes, he says, when you pass through, Isaiah 43 verses 2, through the water, he didn't say if, when you pass through the water, I will be with thee. Through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon you. So yes, the fires will come, the water will come. But he has given the guarantee that even though they come, they will not overflow you. Even if the flames are kindled, they will not burn you. He has given the promise. He did not promise you that you'll not be attacked. He only said, when the attacks come, I have an answer for you. These are the things that accompany our salvation. Some of the things that accompany our salvation. Not only the primal blessings that touch our inheritance, 
but also allow me to extend this conversation to the preservations, to the protections, to the comforts that God will extend in the inheritance, in the provisions. And when you're going through whatever you're going through at that particular point, there might not be an imminent testimony of these things, of his preservation, of his salvation, of his breakthrough, of his provision, of his answer. Sometimes you can go through, I'm talking to that woman whose marriage is shaking and it's almost about to go out. To her, she feels it's the end of things. There's somebody watching me probably dealing with a stage four cancer. And they've come to the end of life. They've prayed and prayed and fasted and done everything they know. And they see their life is going away. It's probably somebody who invested in their business. And that business has started to die and die and die. You're choked with debt. Perhaps you're close to committing suicide. All of these things were to happen in your life, but God had an answer for them. Nothing happening in our lives, ladies and gentlemen, shocks God. Nothing. Nothing. It's important to keep your course because yours will come too as well. Some of you are busy pointing at other people's courses and trials. Oh, her husband left her. Oh, she lost her baby. And, and you're not saying she lost her baby in sorrow. You're saying she lost her baby in perhaps celebration of something you feel revenge was best served to, uh, you know. And, and it's, Christians can be so carnal. But I didn't come for that today. So then the question ultimately to the Christian is what is left if and when I find that the very thing that was ordained for my blessing now has become the place of sorrow, has become the place of pain, has become the place of questions, has become the place of frustration, has become the place of disappointment, has become the place of exasperation. It has become that place of, that place unexplainable. The very thing God ordained for my joy, the child that God gave you now has become the problem. The marriage that God gave you has become the problem. The ministry God anointed you for has become the problem. The body that God gave you to live a full life has become a problem. The mind that God gave you to solve the issues of the world has become the problem. The occupation, the career that you are pursuing has now become the problem. And some people, it pushes to the end where they feel like they're about to lose what God ordained. And this is what I learned over the years. It's a wonderful portion of scripture that I want to build my conversation this afternoon. Because years ago I went through something. It was so personal, I don't think I ever shared it with somebody or anybody the way I could have. I, sometimes as believers, we don't share everything. Because you're not sure somebody will understand. Or if they do, they don't have an answer for you. You're just going to melt affections and, you know, 
expose yourself. I went through it. And at the end of the day, what happens? You know, some of you must also be wise. I tell people, never speak things to people who can't help you. Are you following what I'm saying? You find a Christian on Facebook. My nails, they broke. <laughs> so on Facebook is going to grow those nails. Come to Fanero. Nails grow every day. Get in the presence and say, Father, my nails. Who understands what I'm saying? Yeah. Learn to report to the right people. Isaiah 26 verses 12. Who is ready to read? One, two, three, let's go. The Lord, you will ordain peace for us. For thou also has wrought all our works in us. Amplified version. One, two, three, let's go. Lord, you will ordain peace. God's favor and blessings, both temporal and spiritual for us. For you have also wrought in us and for us all. Wow, wow. This portion of scripture is so powerful. So powerful. So powerful. He says, Lord, you will ordain peace. You will ordain peace. You will ordain peace. You will ordain peace. Now the word there for peace is shalom. And the Amplified only gave us a few words here. Allow me to define shalom for you. It's a greeting. Some people use that when they're talking to people on the phone. Shalom. They meet somebody and say shalom. But what is the meaning of shalom? This is the meaning of shalom. Shalom means completeness. So the Bible says the Lord will ordain completeness. Shalom means safety. Oh! The Lord will ordain safety for you. Shalom means soundness in body. He will keep your mind. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. So you see where the prophet is coming from in Isaiah 26. This is where he's coming from. If you read that whole Isaiah chapter to study it keenly. It was a song of glory that was to be sung in Judah. These are such songs are songs of Zion. Songs of victory. That is why in the earlier verse it says, He's kept in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee, for he doth trust in thee. It's the same chapter right there from the third verse. But it continues down to say, For those that dwell in Zion, for those with this inheritance of salvation, he says, I will ordain completeness. I will ordain safety. I will ordain soundness in body. I will ordain welfare. That means I'll look after you. I'll ordain health. I'll ordain prosperity. All of this is defining shalom. I'll ordain quiet. To have a quiet world, which is without too much turmoil and, and noises, unnecessary noises. Because when you're in a world of unnecessary noises, if your spirit is not quieted, you can't hear God. Shalom also means tranquility. Shalom also means contentment. Shalom also means friendship with God, especially in covenant. And human beings. He says, I will ordain a certain relationship with you. 
I'll create a certain relationship with you according to my covenant. But I'll also bring certain people in your life to advantage you. Shalom also means favor. So God says, I will ordain peace for you because I have wrought in you or worked these things in you and I've also worked them for you. Simpler language. If I am the one who anointed you to preach the gospel, I knew certain attacks will come. They'll come on your person. They'll come on your identity. They'll come on your body. They'll come on your family. They'll come around you. But I will ordain peace, health. I will ordain tranquility. I will ordain contentment. I will ordain safety. I will ordain soundness. I will ordain completeness. Because I am the one who worked those things in you. And I'm the one who did them for you. You know, there are things that God works in us. And there are things that God does for us. When God gives you a car, that is something he has done for you. When God reveals a very deep mystery concerning glory and understanding, those are things he's doing in you. We're talking about the anointing within and the anointing without. He's saying, I'm the one who gave you that man. If indeed I'm the one who gave you that man. I knew that he can become funny. I knew that that woman can become unpredictable. But I promised you that I will ordain peace. I'll bring tranquility. I'll bring soundness. I'll bring safety. I'll bring healing. I'll bring reconciliation because I am the one who gave you that. Ah, let me talk to people who are sick. Or probably are dealing with something in their body. He says, I'm the one who gave you that body. And the doctor told you you have diabetes. He says, I, the Lord, will ordain peace in your body to get that diabetes out of your body because I'm the one who gave you that body. You understand what I'm saying? I'm the one who gave you that body. I will keep it just to know, just to know. You know that song? It is so sweet to trust in Jesus. Just to take him at his word. Just to upon his. Just to know the same Lord. You see, that's why this guy grew to trust Jesus. He grew to trust God because of that understanding that I gave you that marriage. It's breaking, it's shaking, it's messy, I know. But I gave you that marriage. Can you trust me that I will ordain peace? Hey! Do you know the things that have strengthened me, especially leading this ministry? Isaiah 26 verses 12. I didn't anoint myself. I didn't call myself. The revelations that come on me, I didn't give them to myself. 
self. I'm not of my own. I'm purchased by the blood of Jesus. I know nothing of myself to think of anything by myself. I carry no sufficiency. I carry no credentials besides what he has given me. I carry no favor besides what he has placed on my head. I carry no grace besides what he has put on my spirit. I carry no secret besides the things he has revealed to me in the secret place. And I didn't invite any. He says, I, the Lord, will ordain peace. Because I'm the one who worked that work in you. And I'm the one who did it for you. I'm talking to those people who got jobs. But you went through a certain process. And you can say, mm -mm, this wasn't God. You're not the one I'm talking about. I'm talking to people who say, for me, I don't even know how I'm standing in this job. Because nothing can explain. In fact, I know people here whose credentials, whose qualifications, whose education background cannot qualify them even one ounce to do the job that they are doing. But they chose you. I don't know who I'm talking to. You didn't fit the part of what that man needed, but he chose you. You didn't fit the part of what that woman needed, but oh, he chose, she chose How many people are here and you know me, I'm only married by God. Now if you're married and you've not put up, you've brought trouble already in your house. Praise the Lord Jesus. He said, I will ordain peace for you because I'm the one who did this work in you. Do you think really I gave you your son to die autistic? Even though scientists say it cannot be reversed, God can reverse it. I've prayed with a few mothers whom God reversed things that the doctors said about them. And they say, your child is autistic. They're special. They'll never study with normal kids. They'll never speak. And all of those kids have gone against the odds because he's the one who allowed her to get pregnant and is the one who gave her that child. Do you know what it's like to carry that faith to know? But how did this even begin? I don't know who I'm talking to. How did it begin that I found myself walking to school? Some of you were just a parent's death away from having an education. Some of you went through those deaths and your parents died and you still went to school. I don't know who I'm talking to. Some of you, your village is too far that if somebody was to visit, somebody would take a flight to the United States before they reach your village in Uganda. But you are here. Hey, hey, hey. Can you trust God this evening that he will ordain peace because he's the one who brought you to Kampala that he'll ordain peace because he's the one who got you that visa to the United States of America that he will ordain peace because he's the one who got you that job in Canada he will ordain peace things are going to come to shake your safety 
They're going to come to provoke you into fear. But remember Isaiah 26, 12, like I remember it every day. I tell myself, I didn't begin this job. I didn't call myself. I don't even know where they qualify from because there are many men with PhDs. Some men have every kind of education in theology. But they still don't do the things you've done by us. You will ordain peace. Tell your neighbor he will ordain peace for you. Because he's the one who did this for you. And has done this in you. I'm talking to the gifted. I'm talking to the talented. He's the one who gave you that job. He's the one who gave you that mathematics. He's the one who gave you that science. He's the one who gave you that potential, that ability. He's the one who gave you that acuity, that agility. He's the one who did these things. Trust him that he will give peace. There's somebody, the vision of God on your life seems to be longer than what your body is telling you. Who has understood what I just said? Somebody's watching me and the vision of God on your life seems to be longer than what your body is telling you. What the doctors have told you. I have good news for you. Believe God this evening. I'm going to pray with somebody. I'm going to pray with somebody. I'm going to pray with somebody. One time, I was preaching in the university, just started ministry. A young man comes to me and then he shows me a card, an identification. He identified himself and he had a certain position. And then he told me that the end of Apostle Grace's ministry in the universities is here. He looked at me straight in the eye and told me, I'm going to make sure we end you. Today we are in 154 universities and tertiary institutions. 154. I don't know where he is. I pray to God he sees this video. I did not ordain myself. Neither am I the one doing these works in me. You need to go through God first. Who chose Nubega Grace? I don't know who I'm communicating to. Tell your neighbor I didn't call myself. Let the one who called you fight for you. Let the one who chose you from your mother's family, your father's family, who separated you, who gave you that degree, let, let that God speak for you this evening in the name of Jesus. Let the days ahead start responding to the call of God upon your life. Let them know that when that trouble comes, you come ready, not in your sufficiency, but in the God who saw everything coming and he still chose you. David's mistakes did not shock God, but he still chose David. There was probably a better man a better person, but it's still... That's why the Bible says, do not question the masses of God. Hey! Somebody shout amen. amen. He chose you. 
The Bible says in Ecclesiastes 9 verses 1, For all this I considered in my heart even to declare all this, that the righteous and the wise and their works are in the hand of God. The righteous and the wise and their works. Everything God has done in you and for you, he has put it under a certain protection. And the Bible says, For no man knoweth, that is talking about the righteous and the wise, either love or hate by all that is before them. That means we don't know whether we're going to be loved everywhere or hated everywhere. But God says, as Ecclesiastes 9.1 says, it does not matter. Everything that I've worked in you, I have put a protection around it. They need to first come in the hand of the Lord to snatch it out. Hey! You will not lose your marriage. I don't know who I'm talking to. That man might be crazy like hell, but you will not lose your marriage. That woman may be unpredictable, but you will not lose your marriage. You might have run out of fees and you're trying and you've called everybody, but let me say this. You will have tuition. I told people my story. One time my dad went through a circumstance I can't even explain. And, and during that time, the university I was in, it's like fees was going up every term. Fees was going up every term. And some people were even planning riots, but you know, it's a Christian university. So they fear a bit. So I remember fees was going up and they were justifying it in the letters they were giving us. But the point is, justified or not, Parents, some parents have that money. Some parents don't have that money. You can't explain what happens in a man's home, okay? So my father went through that long challenge. And I remember the day he calls me and says, I'm coming to talk to your administration to give me time. <laughs> I told my dad, this is not secondary school. You know, some parents can be interesting. He thought, you know those high school uh, or primary school things where your father used to come and then they talk to the headmaster or the bus and they say, ah, give me some time. Okay, 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 we'll give you some time. It's not how universities work. I told my father, that's not how universities work. He said, now what do I do? I'm coming. And I remember I was, you know, retorting with some of my friends there who were talking, were coming from lunch. And I remember a statement came out of my spirit. And I told them, whether fees is 6 million, whether it's 10 or it's 20 or 30, whether it's a billion shillings. Tell them, yeah, I'll study. I'm talking to you students. You understand what I'm saying? I don't know who I'm prophesying to, but I'm prophesying to somebody. Whether the cost of living goes to what, I don't know. It will spike and, and skyrocket. I don't care how high it goes. I am not leaving the city. <laughs> I don't know who I'm talking to. That's my mindset. That's my attitude. Whether fuel sells $20 or $30, I'll drive my car. Because I didn't give myself that car. Come on, check somebody. He said he will ordain prosperity to maintain what he gave you. Oh, houses, these days renting is expensive. Don't sit in those conversations. 
once they do sympathize with them and say, I understand. But as for me and my house, we don't care whether the rent is $20,000, we shall sleep. Ah, somebody shout amen. amen. Isaiah 26 verses 12 opened something in my spirit. You mean I elevated you that far to pull you down? I will maintain your expense. I am your God. It's okay to plan, but I will outplan you. He says, I will ordain prosperity for you. I don't know who I'm talking to. People who believe those kinds of messages usually are knocked by the least expected. And I'm prophesying as a man of God. Somebody is about to be knocked by something that nobody will be able to explain where it came from. Receive it or not, it's up to you. But I believe God to surprise me. Surprise me. Surprise me, God. Somebody say, Father, I thank you. Because you're about to surprise me with a favor like I've never seen. With a blessing like I've never imagined. In the mighty name of Jesus. That's what Isaiah 26 verses 12 says. I don't know who I'm talking to, but I'm talking to somebody. I'm talking to somebody. I'm talking to somebody. I cannot tell you how many times in my life people have walked to me from the least expected place answering the need I didn't know how to answer. And somebody says, God told me. And you say, what? God told me. That's how I know I was called. <laughs> Not called C-O-L-D. Uh -uh. Called C-A-L-L-E-D. That's how I know I was called. That's how I know I was called. When you're in that realm, God will even ensure surplus. To tell you, me, I came to spoil you. When the Bible says, I was once young, but now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken, neither their children begging bread. Some of you must understand that power. Their seed begging bread. Do you know what it means? Your children can't lack. I remember one time we went in America to preach the gospel with my wife and my daughter. She was little. A woman walks to my wife and gives her a card. And she says, shop anything you want for your daughter. Not that we were lacking, but God wanted to show his servant that I even care that in every nation you go, there's provision for your seed. Just give us an open card, password, says shop. When you're done, bring back my card. People are rich. <laughs> May you meet those kinds of people. In the mighty name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. You enter a country and somebody gives you a, 
property. And says, God has told me, you belong here. And I say, no, me, I'm Uganda. <laughs> Things are going to start locating some of you. Isaiah 26, verses 12. The Bible tells us God can be lavish with you. I don't know if it's the Amplified or Message Version. God can be lavish with you. You know, when, when he's spending with his kids, some of you think God is saying, uh, uh, no, no, no. God can spoil you. It is possible to spoil you. <laughs> spoil me, Lord. That's a good one. The Bible says he gives us all things lavishly and generously to enjoy. To enjoy. He says, I'm come that you may have life and have it in a Abundance until it's overflowing. That's spoiling. Somebody shout amen. amen. He says, I will ordain that peace for you. I will ordain the prosperity for you. I will ordain everything that is necessary because I'm the one who began this. So let people have a problem with you because they have a problem really with a God who ordained you. You know, some of you, you worry about people and how they will think and what they will think about you. And sometimes I want to encourage you and say, but if you're not the one who anointed yourself, do you think their problem is with you? The Bible says it was the glory of God that brought you to the notice of others. Do you know there are people in this world whom they cannot talk about? Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Read. First Peter 4.14, message. Uh, I want to through, let's go. If you are because of, count yourself fortunate. For it's the spirit of God and his glory in you that brought you to the notice of others. May people notice you. <laughs> because of the glory of God operating on your life. Listen, if you're living in this world and nobody's envious or jealous of you, I'm going to pray for you this evening. Is that a strange prayer? May somebody have a problem with you. Because they can't explain your source. They can't explain the glory of God on your life. They can't explain your progress, your prosperity. Hey! Pastor, people are jealous of me. People are jealous of me. That's not a counseling session. God brought you to the notice of others. Have you ever seen people jealous of madmen on the streets? Are they jealous of street children? My point. There must be something that makes somebody lose peace and appetite when they look at you. But God says, I will also ordain people in your way to favor you, to undergird you, to protect you, to advantage you. Somebody say, that is mine this evening. It's mine this evening. Psalms 138 verses 8, the Lord will perfect that which concerns you. He says the Lord will perfect that which concerns me. Because he cannot forsake the works of his hands. You mean God took time to do it and just let it to the west? No. 
he will perfect the word there is gamma i think it means to bring to full and completeness such that nothing will miss to the end that means i will sustain it to the end whatever concerns you Whoa! when you hear me do that a revelation just hits me the lord will perfect i began it i will see to accomplishment to the day of christ it won't die in the middle it won't die a premature death Hey, that is why I tell people nobody can stop Fanero because we did not begin it. The Lord will ordain peace, He will ordain peace for your business, He will ordain peace. Some of you have very funny people you're working with, they have demons left, right, and center. But allow me to say, the Lord will perfect. They cannot chase you before your time. Take that out of your head. You'll never get a termination letter before your time. I remember when I entered banking, I said I will never make a loss. They will never call me in disciplinary. They will never, never, never. Even when I was head teller, I said, Father, no loss with my tellers until I leave. Some of you, you're there, oh, we are in disciplinary tomorrow. In the first place, what are you even doing there? Cancel that meeting now. Refuse. Performance. Sobra de gaso. God will ordain peace for you. He says he will perfect that which concerns you to the day of Christ. Psalms 57 verses 2 he says I will cry unto God the most high and to God that performeth all things for me that means you're just watching God work yesterday one young girl came to greet me she asked me Apostle Grace how are you and I love sometimes to answer people that way I told her I am cool calm and collected watching jesus work that's how i answer hey, hey you can borrow my lines you're welcome you're welcome you're welcome <laughs> cool come and collected watching jesus work because he performeth all things for me so i just say hey god even when the attacks come i'm like what are you up to somebody sound amen, amen. because he must ordain peace in the storm not God, why me? How? Why is this happening? Why, how did this even happen? Why, why me? No, I just say, God, this fellow has attacked me on YouTube. What are you up to? Then God tells you what he's up to. And then you. And wait for the lights to switch on for you. <laughs> One day there's some people see you walking under the lights. And there's none in the world they can do. <laughs> the devil is a liar he will not fail this is a week of miracles this is a week of signs it's a week of wonders somebody say this is my week 
some of you are receiving your miracle now now raise your hands and receive your miracle by faith heavenly father we thank you for your word we bless you because every man woman and child at the sound of my voice have received Isaiah 26 in their spirit I speak peace in your marriages peace pastors in your ministries and service towards the Lord peace in your body for whoever is sick peace in your womb for whoever has been having miscarriages and barrenness peace in your education peace in your marriage peace in your career peace in your children's hearts peace in your bodies hypertension cancer liver disease kidney disease arthritis peace in the name of jesus i speak health in the mighty name of jesus i speak peace in your dreams peace in your aspirations i speak peace among your colleagues and your workplaces i speak peace this year for you and the other is coming i speak peace in your relationships and everybody god will connect you to i speak peace in your world i decree and i declare that your life will be different give the lord a mighty cup of praise come on clap for jesus clap for jesus no clap like you've received Clap like you've received. Clap like you've received. God will ordain peace for me. My marriage works. My ministry works. My body works right. My kidneys work. My liver works. My heart works. My stomach works. My bones work. God will ordain peace because he's the one who gave me this body. He's the one who gave me that marriage. He's the one who gave me that ministry. He's the one who gave me those children. Hallelujah. If you're here and you have never received the Lordship of Jesus, if you're here and you say today, Apostle Grace, I've had you, I want to receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Repeat this as after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you for your word. I have heard your message. I have believed with my heart that you shed your blood for me and was raised for my glory. Today, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I'm born again. Amen. Amen. This sermon has been brought to you by Fenero Ministries International. For more information, contact us on telephone number plus 256-200-999400 or email us at info at fenero.org. You can also find us on the web at www.fenero.org. Follow us on our social media platforms on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Subscribe to our YouTube channel at Fenero Ministries International. Or better still, feel free to join us every Thursday for our weekly fellowships at the Uma Upper Gardens from 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. and for our Sunday services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. at the Uma Multipurpose Hall. Fenero, make manifest.